to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Oh, you're here. Welcome to the Last Gen Podcast. My name's Alex Iaquinto. <laughs> My name's Alex Iaquinto. You're listening to yet another episode of the Last Gen Podcast. Um, this is a podcast where we empower, equip, and build up this next generation of believers, Holy Ghost-filled believers, faith-filled believers for this end-time army. Um, we teach the Word of God. We preach the Word of God. We give you solid biblical information. We teach you how to know what you believe and why you believe it. And uh, without further ado, welcome to the Q&A edition of the Last Gen Podcast. It's like Christmas for me. I love Q&As. I love Q&As. I love them. I love being on the receiving end of Q&As. I love doing Q&As. I love A-ing. I love queuing. I love it all. So today, today's a good episode, and I, I won't, I won't bog you down with, with, you know, prologue about you know announcements or whatever. I'll just, I'll just set a picture for you of where I am, what's happening here, the setting around me. I'll just, I'll bring you into the, to the environment. It is currently. 8 o'clock, 8.01 p.m. on a Monday night in late February in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It was 68 today, which is an anomaly in the weather. And um, it's very still outside. I currently am sitting, not in my room, not in my regular recording studio, but in a car. Why a car? Because my house is extremely loud. Very loud. It is very... It's high on the DBs. Very decibel heavy. Very loud in my house. And uh, the doors don't help. I've got a beagle. And as much as I love my beagle, Hank, he sounds, like, mentally slow when he barks. He sounds like he smokes three packs a day. Like, he's, he's just over one year old, but he literally, you know, he, he, he's got some problems in his vocal cords. It sounds like someone ripped two or three out, and he's just got a couple left. He really has problems. So whenever he barks, it's, like, obnoxiously annoying. So, for those reasons, I'm in the car right now, and um, I'm recording this episode for you because I want this to be the highest quality episode it can be. So, you see the title. We're doing a Q&A. I asked you on Instagram, do you have any questions for me? Questions about life, questions about the Bible, questions about faith, questions about me, questions about you, questions about personal situations. What questions do you have? And I had you drop them in the comments of that post. We got a lot of good ones. It is a juicy episode today. Very juicy. Because y'all didn't go light. Like, you didn't ask me cute questions like, hey, what's your morning time routine? No, these are like (laughs) 
end time Bible prophecy. We're talking homosexuality and the church. We're talking... What's another heavy topic that you guys... We're talking about the lost. We're talking about fasting and praying. We're talking about faith. We're talking about podcasting. We're talking about starting live streams. We're talking about content creation. So it's a really heavy one today, and I promise I won't take a long time. And you say, Alex, you say that every week, and that might be true, but I have found a way to keep myself in check, and that is by setting appointments for things later so that I can't record over. So this won't won't be uh, a super long one. I'm not going to get super deep into it, though these questions are deep. I'm giving you, listen, I want to let you know, I'm giving you a very, just a taste. I mean, I was even contemplating doing a whole podcast on each of these questions because they're that good. They're like, they're that packed with, with information, packed with Bible, packed with wisdom, you know, like, these questions deserve their own podcast, but I promised you that I would answer them in this one, so I will. And so they're not going to be super in-depth. They're not going to be super like, you know, this isn't everything that you have to know about this or everything you need to know about this. This is a crash course. This is literally me looking at the questions and telling you what I think about that or telling you how I would answer you, and then I'm, I'm going to actually answer you. And then also, before I get into it, I want to let you know that we have a lot of questions. I'm going to try to get to all of them. I really am because, you know, if if uh, if I, for some reason, do not get to your question or if I, for some reason, give an unsatisfactory answer, you can DM me at the.last.gen, yell at me, do whatever, and and I'll explain to you why I did that, that thing. Um... Because some, sometimes people ask questions that make absolutely no sense. But that's not you guys, obviously. But I'm saying, if I, do, if I don't answer yours to the fullest of your wildest imaginations and dreams, I'm sorry, I'm one man. Alright, we'll get into it. So we've got two types of questions. We've got anonymous questions. And then we've got non-anonymous questions. Or just anonymous questions. Anonymous and anonymous. Is that? Yep, that's it. So we'll start with anonymous questions, meaning you guys posted it in the comments on the graphics, so I'm going to mention your name, and if you get mad at that, um, quit quit being stupid because you put your, you put your uh, thing in a public chat where your name is very visible to everyone else. So, but I know you guys won't get mad. This will be an opportunity for a plug. So if you hear an Instagram uh, username that you like, give them a follow. They're good people. All right, we'll we'll jump in with the anonymous questions, which I guess that's a word now. We'll start pretty light because I don't want to jump right into end time Bible prophecy or we might never get off of it. <laughs> so we'll start with this question. Okay, this is a pretty good question. I got one like this. Um, we got this one, then we got another one that kind of correlates to it so we'll get to it number one question number one this comes from carmel a hicks underscore sorry if i butcher your name c-a-r-m-e-l-a-h-i-c-k-s underscore she says 
And sorry if I misgender you, by the way. That's not to you. I'm just saying to everyone who answers, I'm sorry. I'm seeing your face in like a half centimeter by half centimeter circle. So if I misgender you, take it up with SJWs. All right. How did you get enough courage to start a podcast? That's her question. How did you get enough courage to start a podcast? And I've gotten a question like this before. Somebody asked me, how did you come up with the idea of the last gen or why did you start the last gen? And I have a disclaimer for you. Um, I actually did not, Alex Iaquinto, did not come up with the last gen. I did not come up with the idea for the podcast. It was not of my own initiative to start this podcast. It was actually... Um, my aunt Carolyn Shuttlesworth hearing from the Lord that we needed to have a youth section here at Miracle Word. And so that was, that was all her and the Lord. And obviously <laughs> the, the Lord took it from there. But it wasn't just me saying, you know what would be cool if we did a youth section. So that's that disclaimer. But I understand the question, how did you have enough courage to start a podcast? Um, I'm going to be frank with you. Is that okay if I'm frank with you? Can we be frank? Let me get a sip of my coffee. This might sound arrogant. It's not arrogant. It's just true. I'm not trying to be arrogant. Um, I've had people ask me, like, how do I get over my fear of speaking? How do I get over um, a fear or being timid to, to teach or, you know, or get on a live? And to some degree, I understand. Um... For me, I, I don't think I'm the most qualified to answer that question because I don't I don't know. I don't think I mean, of course, everyone goes through, you know, I don't know what to say. You know, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, I'm just going to I, I, you know, but I've never personally had it where I, I like was petrified to speak publicly or, or I was petrified to to put out content where I'm speaking, I'm teaching, whatever. I've never really dealt with that. I know it's a common thing, and I'm not saying like, oh, shame on you if you do. No, that's, you know. I mean, a lot of people deal with that where it's, you know, it's it's it can be intimidating to start a podcast. Like, if really think about the concept of a podcast. Think about this. One person sits in front of a mic and talks for 30 minutes to an hour um, on into their mic, right? And then uploads it. And then hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands and tens of thousands of people put in earbuds and listen to that thing. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, understanding that, like, that is radio. Like, imagine that. Ima- it's Podcasting is literally, like, everyone... everyone having the capability of of broadcasting radio back when radio came out you know so when you think about it it is it it can be intimidating like what do i start with i don't even know what i'm doing here um i will say this one thing the one thing i can tell you to help overcome that that uh, fear or or timidity how to get more courage when when speaking Always imagine your crowd naked. No, I'm just kidding. That's that. that never, no, don't do that. Don't. I know they tell you to do that. Don't do that. You will go to hell. Anyways, <laughs> how to get over a fear of not just public speaking, but speaking in general, speaking on a topic, 
I'll give you some tips. Number one, speak on something that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. Speak on something that you're passionate about. Because if you're not passionate about it, nobody is going to give a crap about what you're talking about. Like if I tried to, to start a podcast on how to have the most amazing, I don't know, what do I not like? What do I not care about? What do I think is... If I tried to start a podcast on Crocs, that was a terrible example, but I, I don't care about Crocs. I don't care for Crocs. I actually hate Crocs. If I tried to start a podcast on that and it came, it, it would come through and, oh, sorry if there was some mic hitting there. I am in a car after all. Um, it would come through in my voice how much I did not care or dis, detested the topic. Or even if I, I talked about something like how, how do... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I like a, a lot of things, but like how to take care of houseplants, how to, I don't know, braid hair, something like that. It would come out in your voice. Nobody would, if you don't care, nobody's going to care. Like, think about it. <laughs> the degree to which you care about your topic, your, your listeners are going to care less about that topic. Like if you listen to any YouTuber ever that's successful, any photography YouTuber, like, like, let's take Peter McKinnon. He's a famous uh, photographer, Canadian photographer. He has a YouTube channel. He's famous. He, you can tell by the way he talks about photography, the way he teaches it, that he cares. Like, and I'll never care, even though I like photography, I'll never care as much as he does, but I care to a lesser degree. And it's the same way with you. Whatever you're starting your topic, your podcast about, if it is about the Bible, I mean, first of all, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to tell you, like, get anointed because you have to be anointed. You know, that's a given. We, you know, we understand that on this podcast because we're the last geners. But I will say you, you have to have some sort of passion. You know, if I had no care in the world to teach the Bible, nobody would listen to this. I'm telling you, I would not even listen to it. If you're getting bored in the middle of you talking, that's a good key. That your listen that your listeners fell asleep five minutes ago. Like that that's a huge that's that's probably like eighty percent of it. Passion. Especially when speaking. Because a lot people overlook a lot. People overlook a lot of, you know, you don't have to be the best speaker. You don't have to be have the greatest grammar. You don't have to have the greatest technological, you know, you don't have to have the greatest intro, the greatest radio voice. You don't have to have the greatest, you know, you don't have to look the best on camera. People will overlook a lot of those things like looks, like sound, like, like, uh, I don't know, your clunkiness of English, whatever, your style that they don't care about. They'll overlook that if you have true and genuine passion. It's true. And I can attest to it because there's people that I don't really care for them, but I'll listen to them because I can tell they know what they're talking about and I want to know what they know. So, and that, that really helps with the courage aspect because think about it, like you, you talk, there, there is for every single person, there is one thing in your life, at least one thing that you are passionate about, that you are an expert on, that you know better than everyone else. It's you, you know, it's, you know, you are the one that knows better than your friends. You care more than your friends. You'll find yourself, if you're a human being and you have interests and you have free time or whatever, you have hobbies, whatever, you will find yourself without knowing it, teaching other people about it. 
you know, you won't even have to try. It's not like I try to teach the Bible. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, I'm friends with Lilia. I'm friends with, you know, Lilia. We talk often. I, I'm friends with Lauren Larkey. I, I don't know if I've shouted. Yes, I have. You, you, you guys might know who she is. She's from Horseheads, New York. She's a great friend of mine. She um, and I talk a lot. I've got a lot of other friends that are called into the ministry. Um, I got a lot of other friends that feel the, the call of God to preach. And so when we talk, it's not like we, it's not like I have to force it out. Like when I'm just talking normally, it's not like I have to force out like, oh, you know, the Bible, you know, it's interesting about the Bible. No, no, it's like when you're talking to people like that, when I'm talking to Lilia, you'll, you'll commonly hear, you know what? I was reading this and I found this out. And did you know that in the original Greek, that this word means this. And actually, if you look at it, this is a type of Christ in this way. And so you find out like you, people are passionate about something and it's going to come out either way. You ever get around somebody like what Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You ever get around somebody? That's so true. Who you can, you don't even have to ask what's in their heart. You know, instantly you, you start with small talk. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, did you see the game? Did you see the game? Did you see that play, bro? Like, Instantly, you can tell where their heart's at. If it's football, they will talk about football. People talk about what they care about. And notice, when you're doing that, you're not nervous. When you're talking about something you're confident about, ner- a, lot of, a lot of nervousness and t- timidity comes from a lack of, of uh, or a feeling of, I don't know, I'm not qualified to talk about this. Like, you have to throw that out the window. If God called you to do it, you're qualified. Obviously, study to show yourself approved. Study the word of God if you're if you're teaching the word of God. But don't ever feel like, oh, you know, I'm not qual I'm young. Who cares? Who cares? And if I don't get off of this, we'll never we'll never move on. So that's a good question. How did you get enough courage to start a podcast? One of the anonymous questions that went with that question was a great one. Um any encouragement for someone who wants to start a podcast or a YouTube channel? I just gave you a, a lot of that in that question, but I will say this and then we'll move on. I will say this, if you are looking to start a YouTube channel, if you're looking to start a podcast, if you're looking to start, you know, if you feel the Lord's telling you to start something, a club, a podcast, a five minute devotional on your Instagram, frequent Instagram lives, photography, if you're anything, literally anything, videography, whatever, the biggest piece of advice that I can tell you is just do it. Just do it. Don't care. Don't. Don't fall into the trap of, oh, I need more equipment or, oh, I don't have a big budget or I don't have this mic or I need to get this camera. And when I get this camera, then I can, or I need to get this lens. And when I get this lens, then I can do the stuff that, you know, that will never end. I'm telling you, if you get, if you start looking at, oh, I don't have this to start, start with what you have, start with what you have, start with what you have. Can I say it again? Start with what you have. When I started live streaming, you, you live stream from your phone, from Instagram. When we started live streaming on YouTube, I figured out a way to use your phone, my iPhone, as a camera that goes into the computer that live streams to YouTube. Start with what you have. You don't have to buy a $3,000 camera to start then live streaming or, start, or a $200, $300, $400, $500 mic to start a podcast. Start with what you have. If you have to... Put the podcast into the voice memos in your phone. Do it. If that's what you're starting with, I mean, obviously, if you've got mics, if you, whatever, if you want to buy 
um, mics and things or whatever. But don't fall into that trap where, oh, I can't do this because I need this mic. And when I get this mic, then I can. Don't do that. Please don't do that. You'll never start. And I'm not, like, being, like, I'm not annoyed at the person who asked that question. I love the person who asked that question. He's a good man. But you know, you know what I'm saying. All right. Next question. Next question. Okay. We might as well get into this. What is the best argument? This is, I love this question. Let's go, Angie. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's Angie. So his name is Andrew Columbia. His question is, his tag is, let's go, A-N-G-E. So I guess that's Angie. He said, what is the best argument against the post-trib view of the rapture? And I know people are like, oh boy, someone asked about the rapture. We're going to be here forever. That's not true. I can break this down very quickly. So if you need to take notes on this, if you need to uh, go back after I've done, <laughs> I'm done ranting or whatever, then you can do that. But the question is, what is the biggest, what is the best argument against the post-tribulation view of the rapture? So for the people that don't know what that means, what he's asking is about end-time Bible prophecy. All right. So when we're talking about the tribulation, post-trib and pre-trib and mid-trib or whatever, we're talking about different beliefs about when the rapture will happen. The Bible clearly states that there will be a catching away at some point in time that Jesus is going to call his saints up, catch them away. The word in the Greek, harpazo, translated to Latin, rapio. That means the catching away of the saints. That's an undisputed biblical fact that there will be a rapture. You almost can't be a believer if you don't believe in a rapture of some sort. So that's what the Bible says, that there will be a time when believers are caught up in the blink of an eye. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are remaining, you know, will be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. So that's a fact if you subscribe to Christianity at all. You can't get around that. But there is lots and lots of debate and disagreement, different camps, people get really adamant about this, people get confused about when this will take place. When will the rapture take place? There are basically three schools of thought, right? So the first school of thought is called pre-tribulation rapture, the pre-trib rapture, meaning, and that's what I, I believe, I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. That's basically saying, that the rapture will happen before the tribulation. So the tribulation is the period of time where God pours out his wrath on unbelievers. The seven-year period where God from heaven judges the unbelieving. All hell will break loose. The Antichrist will rise to power. He'll cause everyone small and great to get the mark of the beast. You, you know. So that's the tribulation. But I believe, and this is the pre-tribulation view, is that the rapture is going to happen before or pre before the tribulation takes place. So the timeline would look like this. We're living our normal day lives. Jesus can come in at any moment. The rapture happens, right? Jesus catches us up in the air. We'll be gone from the earth, all believers. Then that will kick off the seven-year tribulation. All right? Then at the end of that, Christ is going to come back with his church. So we're going to come back to the earth to rule and reign with Christ. You often hear that referred to as the second coming of Christ. 
So that's the pre-tribulation view that the that the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation. That means that believers will not go through the tribulation. We won't be on this earth to go through the great tribulation, which is God's wrath. The next view is not not super widely held. Um, is a mid-tribulation view, and that means that in the middle of the tribulation, then that's when the rapture will happen. And then another, the last one, basically, I mean, there's different, you know, there's sex of everything. Like, there's sex of people who, you know, think it's three-quarters of the way through, the, you know. But the main three are pre-trib, mid-trib, which is in the middle of the tribulation, three and a half years, the rapture will happen. And then the last view is called post-tribulation, rapturists, post-tribulation, meaning that the Bible, that the tribulation will start, the Antichrist will rise to power, believers will still be on the earth, believers will still be on the earth, will go through the time of tribulation, but they believe that God will keep us from the wrath that he's pouring out. So when he pours out wrath, when he pours out all, all of the, the judgment, that he won't, he'll, he'll keep us protected from it. Um, and then at the end of the seven years, then Christ is going to rapture his church, come back, and they really believe that the rapture and the second coming of Christ are one and the same. Okay, so I don't want to get you bogged down with with um, with with details. If you, but but I'd highly recommend you study this deeper. This is not an in depth teaching. So his question is. Because we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I believe that believers will not go through the rapture. We will be, I mean, no, no, believers will be raptured. We will not go through the tribulation. Um, so the, tri the rapture will happen, tribulation, then the second coming of Christ. So his question is, what is the best argument against the post-trib view of the rapture? And that is that we will go through, we'll be on the earth for the, for the great tribulation. What I would say to that question is the biggest hole in their in their claim that believers will go through the tribulation um, is really, you know, and I'll give this to you in a way that you can under that everyone can understand. Everyone can. Um, I read this book and it's the greatest book on end time Bible prophecy. If you have any questions about Bible prophecy, end time Bible prophecy, I would highly recommend you get this book. It answers every single question. It's called The End by Dr. Mark, oh, hold on, by Dr. Hitchcock. I can't believe, I don't know whether it's Mark or Mike. I, it's Mark. It's got, I literally just read it yesterday. Let me just make sure I got this right. Yeah. By Mark Hitchcock, Dr. Mark Hitchcock, The End by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. And in this book, he lays out seven reasons why he believes in a pre-trib, right? And so, and he lays this out super easy in, in the acronym pre-trib. So P-R-E-T-R-I-B. So pre-trib. These are seven reasons why he believes in the pre-tribulation rapture, that the church will be raptured, then will be in heaven while all of this mess goes down. And the acronym goes like this. P, place of the church in Revelation. R, rapture versus return. E, exemption from divine wrath. T, time gap in between the rapture and the second coming. R, removal of the restrainer. I, imminency 
and B, blessed hope. So I'm not going to go in every single one of those. But I'll say that the the strongest argument, I think the strongest argument that we have as pre-tribbers is I'm really torn because I'll give you two. So I think one of the strongest ever answers is the fact that the Bible says that we will be exempt from wrath, the divine wrath of God, right? So if the tribulation is the divine wrath of God, that he's pouring out his wrath upon the earth, then I do not believe that believers are going to be there for that. Now, why do I say that? Because the Bible says that we are not those who are appointed unto wrath. Think about this. How unjust would it be if God, right, if God poured out all of his wrath on Jesus instead of you so you didn't have to take the wrath of God, said, okay, you're good, you're free to go, you don't have to take the wrath of God because you accepted Jesus. He poured it all out on Jesus, and then at the end of the, t- at the, end of the earth, he says, you know what, never mind, I'm going to pour it out on you too. That's the same as like, if you go to the grocery store, and uh, if I don't know if you've ever had this happen, you go to the grocery store, the person in front of you pays for their bags, they pay for their groceries, and then they pay for the person behind, they pay for your groceries. And you think, oh, that's so kind. You know, they paid for me and now I don't have to pay. So you get up to the register, you, you scan all of your items, the cash register says that that person just paid for you. And I say, you know, oh, that's amazing. That's cool. I don't have to pay. And then how how unjust, how unfair would it be for that that register to say, uh, that cashier to say, okay, I want you to pay though still. I still want you to pay. You got to pay. I'd say, no, no, no. He paid for me. I don't have to pay now. It, the, the price is paid. So it's the same way with us. God already poured out all of his wrath on Jesus instead of us. So how unjust would it be for God to then again pour it out on believers? The Bible specifically says we are not appointed unto wrath. Let me get you that scripture. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation from what? Salvation from the wrath of God. So what's the whole point of being saved if God's just going to judge us again? He saved us from something, right? Right? And so then post-tribbers would say, well, no, he's not going to pour out his wrath on you just on the earth while you're there and he'll protect you from it. But I have a problem with that because Jesus says in Revelation that I'll keep you from the hour of testing, right? He doesn't say I'm going to keep you from the test. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give the test to the earth, but I'll, I'll protect you from it. He says, I will keep you from the hour of testing, meaning we won't even be there for the time of testing. So that's a pretty strong argument. How can that be true if, if we're going to be here for the entire rapture? I don't believe that it, it, it can be. So that's that's one of the uh, the greatest arguments, in my opinion, about that. And then the second is imminency. The second is imminency. The Bible says that no man knows the day or the hour of Christ's return, right? Jesus is kind of going to come like a thief in the night, and nobody is going to know when it's going to happen. Nobody knows the day or the hour. 
It's going to happen when people least expect it, right? But if what, are, if what the post-tribulation people are saying is true, then we could very clearly know when Jesus is coming. Because we would just count down seven years from when, from when the tribulation started. The tribulation started, God poured out his wrath. Okay, the Bible says seven years, so seven years later, now Jesus is going to come, so now I know. So then that wouldn't be imminency or, or imminent, meaning it could happen at any time. So I'm sorry if that bogged you down. I'm sorry if that was too much or that was over your head. You, you could skip past that part if that confused you a lot, but go back, study it, get that book. It'll really help you. So that's a great question, and I'm surprised that I didn't just take the whole podcast to answer it. Um, that is a very boiled-down answer, though. Please don't take that as all-inclusive end all be all. Okay. The next one is, I'll do a light one again. We'll do another light one. All right. Because another one is pretty heavy. Um, hmm. Here's a question. It's an anonymous question. What do you do when someone you know is lost? Well, I would, uh, preach the gospel to them. You have to get them saved. That's that. I mean, I don't have a lot of context there. When someone is is lost, they need Jesus. So, and the only one that can do it is you. Um. So, so lay out the gospel to them. Invite them to church. Invite them to youth group. Get them around Christians. Get them around the anointing. Get them saved. Here's a question: Fasting with a tough job? He says. I'm a pilot. I fly long hours and I find it's hard to be days into my fast and then fly. Um, what I would recommend, I, I listen, I know nothing about, you know, I'm not going to pretend like, oh, I know, you know, piloting. <laughs> the furthest thing from a pilot. Just got my driver's license. Someone should write a song about that. Got my driver's license. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what I would say to you is, man, it's hard to know without your, without knowing your specific situation. And I don't know anything about piloting and what that takes, you know, what that requires of your physical body. Um, if, if you, what, what I, what I would say in a more broader sense, if you work a job, maybe like, let's just say this, if you're a personal trainer and your job requires you to work out and to exert a lot of physical energy and you're doing a 21 day fast, have, have juice, have something, obviously don't eat, but have liquid, have something that's going to boost you. Like have like one protein drink or something like, because you don't want to just pass out. Like obviously if your job requires physical exertion of some sort and you really need it. Now I would not recommend this to someone who has an office job who's just sitting around. Don't don't be downing Gatorade protein shakes because that at that point, it's not fasting. But when your body is exerting that many calories, you're burning off that many calories, it's going to be the same as if someone, you know, just didn't eat and they had an office job. So if you really, really find that you need it, have juice, have something in, in handy, have AG1, like have athletic greens, have supplements, supplement your, your vitamins, 
make sure that you don't crash a plane. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I think I'd be pretty mad if my pilot crashed the plane because he was fasting. But there's a way to do it, obviously. God will give you the grace. You can do fasts. You can do three-day fasts when you're not flying. You can do six-to-six fasts. You can do a one-day fast. You can do a two-day fast, three-day fast. You can do over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe you're not working Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Fast then. Fast one day a week. But in if in and I would recommend uh the 21 day fast always in January. But there's a way to do it, and you might have to. You know what? The person who asked that question, if you want, DM the last gen, and get, just like, d- does it take a lot of physical energy? To fly a plane, I don't know. I'd, I've never flown a plane personally, you know, and I don't think I should, just being honest. So you can DM us, but that's that's my answer for that. Um, Here's a question. How do you explain speaking by faith without making it sound like manifesting? I understand this question. This is a good question. Uh, what, what she's referring to there, manifesting, she put it in quotes, uh, is the new age word. So the new age people, you know, the crystals, the crystal hippies and the people who drink moon water and the people who rely on rocks and they pray with rocks and they love their crystals or whatever. New age people, dream catchers, you know, all that demonic crap. It's demonic. But how do you explain speaking by faith without, because what that concept manifesting is a new like thing in new age where it's like, Oh, I'll just say everything I want and I'll manifest it. Or like, oh, he really just manifested that. And what they're saying is he spoke that into existence. Like, it's it's literally, th- the devil always has a counterfeit version of what God has. Did you know that there there's demonic tongues in the, in the um, satanic world? An ex-Satanist who's now a pastor, like, tells of that and and he knows what he's talking about there's satanic tongues there's demonic healing demonic uh i mean i don't whether people get healed or not i don't i don't know about that but they they lay their hands on people they call it reiki and it's all demonic stuff and it's literally just mirroring the devil takes what god has created and he twists it and he perverts it and he creates his own version of it to mislead people So, I mean, and listen, I'm not saying, oh, could you be speaking in demonic tongues and not even know it? No, that's not what I'm saying. Please don't even give me that crap. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I Listen, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there are, the devil always does that. You find that in every, Satanists will plainly tell you. Yeah, they have a Satanist Bible. Yeah, they they pray to Satan. <laughs> so it's like, They've got demonic stuff, but I would I would always take it back to the Bible because that manifesting thing or, oh, you manifested it, that's just twisting Bible faith, speaking by faith, your confession. I would explain speaking by faith as literally quoting the word of God over my situation. It's like, how can people get mad about that? How can people get mad at the fact that I'm literally quoting God over my situation? How could you be wrong? So it's not, I'm, I'm not manifesting it. I'm just agreeing with God. So if God says, I am healed, 
then I'm healed. Then I'm saying I'm healed. And I'm speaking it by faith, meaning I believe that he'll do it. I'm not manifesting it in that sense. But I understand. I would take a person through the Bible and explain, listen, the Bible did this first. (laughs) The, The New Age people took it and they twisted it, whatever. It's a Bible concept, speaking by faith, confession. Take them to all the scriptures. Take them to out of the, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Take them to um, take them to uh, the power of life and death are in the tongue. Take them to, you can say to this mountain, Mark 11, 23 and 24. Take them to all these things and show them from the word of God. All right. This might be one of the final questions. Or maybe we'll get through one quick one. And then we will uh, do the final question. Okay, this is, a, this is the question. When presenting the gospel to Baptist Christians or people who aren't living the way they claim to be, how do you keep the conversation going without them shutting their door in, shutting their door in your face or walking off from the conversation? Mainly a soul-winning concept. So this is, I understand this question. You're saying... And it's really sad because people who are unsaved, like the hardest people to get saved are people who know, who think they know what they're talking about, who are too good to hear the Bible. Like, to be completely honest, pastor's kids or preacher's kids who once were saved, they knew the Bible. They, they sat in every single revival service. They sat in every single Sunday morning service. They went to youth group every single, they were in the church every single day. And they fell away from God. It's the hardest to get them saved because they're prideful. Like you, you start quoting scripture, they'll know it. They, they'll know it better than you. So it's like, they're like, oh yeah, 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 I've heard that before. I would get very real with a person. Very real. Jesus said, many will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these great things in your name? Didn't we teach and preach in your name? And Jesus will say to them, think about this. Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, for I never knew you. Think about that. People who sit in church, people who know the word. And then he says, it is only them who do the will of my father. So talk is cheap. Believing is actually in doing. Faith without works is dead. All right. I could go on about that, but I'm going to answer this final question. And it's about homosexuality. This person, oh, so the last question was from McGinty, and her real name was um, Reagan. All right, so here is the final question. How to help friends and not myself. <laughs> oh, no, 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 sorry. Let me, let me read this. This is from Oscarramba03. What's her name? Olivia Kelly. All right. Olivia Kelly asks, how to help friends and myself with homosexuality? I'm not, but I struggle with the fact that it is a sin. So this person's saying, I'm not gay. I'm not a homosexual. I don't feel those feelings, but I struggle with understanding why homosexual homosexuality is a sin. 
and how to help other friends with that. And this is such an important question. And let me say this again. This will not be an in-depth thing. I might take an entire podcast episode to talk about this one thing. It's that important. So don't take everything I say and be like, oh, that's all I have to know. No, no, no. This is a huge topic, especially in our generation, especially in our generation, about homosexuality. Homosexuality has increased a ton. I don't have the statistics, but you don't even have to have the statistics. Look around pop culture. So obviously, and I don't have to tell you, you go to public school, you go to private school. I mean, you don't even have to go to public or private school. You just turn on the TV. You turn on, you flip on Instagram. The pride movement, the LGBT group, whatever. It's a huge, 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 huge movement. And, and I'm not saying huge as in like everybody is a part of it. I'm saying it's widely accepted. It's a, it's a huge cultural force in that it, it has so much influence on our culture. It has a large amount of influence. D- despite how many people are a part of the group, it dictates what we can say, what we can't say. It dictates what's politically correct. It dictates, you know, how Christians are allowed to believe. Did you know in Canada you can be fined? And then thrown in jail. I mean, you can literally, by, by opening the Bible, reading Romans chapter 1, you will be breaking the law. Because it's speaking out against homosexuality. It's happening in the world that it is now illegal to speak what we believe. Illegal. I'm not saying... And then think about this. People say, well, no, it's not... They're not going to throw you in jail. They're not going to kill you. They're not going to throw you in jail, Alex. They're just going to fine you. They're just going to warn you first. It's not that serious. Well, what happens if I don't pay the fine? Huh? What happens? Yeah, you go to jail. (laughs) Listen, before I go on. You guys have seen that Parks and Rec clip where the Venezuelan's like, you overcooked chicken? Jail. You undercooked chicken? Jail. Overcook, undercook. You make a dentist appointment and don't go? Jail. You play music too loud? Right to jail. Like, he goes through all these things. Right to jail. Anyways. Like, you know. So I don't have to convince you that it's a big issue and we need to have our stuff ready for this. But it is a big issue and you have to have your stuff ready for this. The question is, how do I help friends and myself with homosexuality? I'm not, but I struggle with the fact that it is a sin. People ask me, why is homosexuality a sin? Isn't love just love? Why does God care? Why does God say a man can't be with a man and a woman cannot be with a woman? Why does he, is he just trying to make sure people don't express love the way they feel it? Is he being a taskmaster? Master? Is he, is he trying to send more people to hell? No, 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 and no. The answer is very simple. People beat around the bush with this. People get on talk. Christian pastors get on talk shows and say, you know what? When directly asked, is homosexuality a sin? Many prominent leaders that I, if I mentioned their names, you would know them. You'd know things they preach. They're prominent leaders. When asked straight up, is homosexuality a sin? Well, you know, that's not really for me to say. That's between them and God. Why is it not for you to say? Because the Bible sure has something to say about it. And I'm not getting mad. <laughs> people people twist your words all the time. He's getting mad at gay people. I'm not getting mad at gay people. I love gay people. I love the LGBT community. I love uh, everyone who... Listen, you have to understand. 
it's such a cliche to say, hate the sin, love the sinner. But you have to understand, you separate them from, from whatever sin that they participate in. I'm not saying I hate all gays. No, God doesn't hate gays. He loves people. Why would he die for them? He loves people. No matter what they're entangled in right now. Whatever, you know, no matter what, he loves them. He wants to see them saved. But at the same time, it is clearly out, out, outlined in the Bible, clearly identified in the Bible. Homosexuality is a sin. And I'm not, I'm not getting mad at gays. I'm getting mad at, at pastors who want to be PC. And they want to say like, oh, that's not really for me to say, you know, it's between the, who am I to say, you know, what's a sin? You are because you're a minister of the gospel. You have a Bible in your hand. You're a Christian. That's, that's all you should, that's all you should have. That's all, who am I to say, you know, who knows really it's between you and God. No. If you saw a Mack truck coming and someone was just playing in the street and a Mack truck was coming 60, 70, 80 miles an hour down the road. Would you say, well, who, who am I to say that they're doing wrong? They're just playing in the street. What am I, you know? No, you'd save them if you really cared. And I care. And I care too much, too much about people to lie to them. To say, you know, the Bible's, you know, Bible's written thousands and thousands of years ago. And that's a different culture. And, you know, we live in a different day and a different culture and in that culture. No. The Bible is very clear. You can read throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and new and new many times in the new. And we will do a whole episode on this. Mark my word. We will. We will do a whole episode on this. It's that important. But how to, this is, this is the thing that gets people tripped up. Why is it a sin? Well, I don't understand why. Well, here's why. Think about God's created order. How did God create men and women? How did God create people? In the garden, did he create Adam and Steve? No, he did not. He created Adam, and then he needed a partner, so he created Eve, a woman. He created man and women. He created male and female. Why? Now think about this. Why did God create man and woman? Why did he God create sex? Why did God create a, a relationship? Why did he create marriage? Why? Because of the simple command. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, I don't have to give you a sex ed class to tell you a man and a man cannot be fruitful and multiply. A woman and a woman cannot be fruitful and multiply. The reason homosexuality is a sin is because it is completely contrary to God's created order. It is completely contrary to God's created order. And listen, and when you're and when you're telling people this, you don't have to be, you know. I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm, you know, I'm raising my voice, and I'm sorry, I, I haven't let you know. Be, I'm talking to Christians. I understand. We we're we're on the same page in that we believe the Word of God. We believe the Word of God's inerrant. We believe the Word of God's infallible. God is in control of our lives. He is the Lord of our life. But when you're speaking to unbelievers, you cannot beat them over their head with Scripture. They don't even believe in Scripture. So when they ask questions, we have to be ready to answer them in a loving and a gracious way. Why is homosexuality a sin? People ask Christians this all the time. What I never want you to do is back off of the truth. I never want you to say, well, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know really, you know, 
Who am I to say? Never back off the... You know the truth. What, are you going to lie to them? Never do that. Never do that. Never back off the word of God. Never choose someone just because, oh, I don't want it to become... I don't want them to be mad at me. Who cares what people think? What does God think about you? So when people ask that question, be real with them. Say, listen, I know that you don't understand this, but let me let me explain it to you the best I can. And then go, go through it. Number one, God created man and female. He created men for women, for the purpose of procreation, for the purpose of that relationship. Think about this. The, you can find it in, in psychology. Men and women, men and women, complement each other very well. I mean, I, there's a clinical psychologist that I listen to all the time. He's a smart man. And I'm not, you know, saying, like, you should listen to all psychologists. Just this guy, because he's smart and he's not a retard. Sorry that I used that word. That's that's the word retard, but, uh, you know, not in a derogatory way. Anyways. Well, anyways. He, he talks about the fact that men and women are very... They they uh they complement each other so well in in personality and psychology and in just the things that that we like. It's just true. I mean, it's it's a fact of nature. And we'll do a whole episode on that. But thank you, everyone. Thank you for your questions. I don't think um I missed any. If I did, I missed one, and it's because I did not understand it or it was way too broad to answer. So you can yell at me in the DMs. I mean, yeah, yeah, in the DMs. Um. One or two. Um, so that concludes our Q&A. It wasn't super long. It was only under an hour. And uh, you can take these episodes at a uh, segment to segment. You know, you don't have to listen to it all through in an hour. But I, I hope this, this helped. I'm gonna, I, I like doing these. We'll do more of these. We'll do more of these. And we might do different kinds of it. Like Q&A personal. Q&A business. Q&A the word, Q&A, this, whatever, whatever. We'll have more guests on. I believe very soon we're going to have special guest, um, evangelist, author, Carolyn Shuttlesworth on the podcast. Lady Carolyn will be on, and uh, she's got a fire word for you. If not next week, the week after, if not the week after, she'll be on. So just rest assured, she'll be on. I love you guys. If uh, if I just confused you more, hit me up in DMs. I'm very sorry. But um, if not, I enjoyed today. Hey. Hey, listen. Hey. Hey. what? It, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Hey. Listen. Me and you, we have a good time, don't we? We have good convos, don't we? Isn't it weird that, like, we probably talk? Like, like if, you're t- if you're thinking of this podcast as, like, a conversation, we talk for a long time. Like... We are best friends now, so don't be breaking my heart. Don't go breaking my heart and finding another best friend. You got me. That's it. All right? Love you guys. Check back in with you next week. Until then, check out all the stuff we have on the Instagram. Stay connected with us. DM us if you have questions. I love you. I'll see you later. Bye, everybody.